outstanding ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. Well, we want to welcome back tonight Dusty Rhodes for his first interview since his injury. Here is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the resident fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard times. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour 85 and Ric Flair Nature Boy let me leave you with this one way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real Wolf champion. And I'm proud of you, thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes fans.
Yes, it's that time, wrestling fanatics, to once again go back into that DeLorean, go back in time, and rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling. This is your exclusive Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast, Beyond the Bell, powered by the SNS Radio Network. And I'm your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman. I'm back with you to bring you all things classic and old school in sports entertainment. This week, we relaunch a former series that was very popular in the early stages of Beyond the Bell. Formerly known as Epic Encounters, now known as Famous Feuds, is back on Beyond the Bell. This is where we look back at two of the greatest and most influential feuds and rivalries in professional wrestling. And this week, we have a great card for you fans as we look back at the feud between Superfly Jimmy Snuka and the magnificent Don Morocco. Then, in the main event, we relive the rivalry, the heated feud between Nature Boy Ric Flair and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Buckle up, as it's time for Famous Feuds on Beyond the Bell. Superfly Jimmy Snuka versus the magnificent Don Morocco. This is truly a feud that epitomized everything about good and evil for any wrestling fan. Jimmy Snuka was everyone's hero. He was one of the first, the very first national stars with the looks of a bodybuilder. Snuka had this charisma that would give you chills whenever he would make his comeback to win the match. Not to mention that his finishing move, the Superfly Splash, was exciting and innovative for that time period, especially. Snuka would leap off of his opponents from the top rope with his patented Superfly Splash. It made such a mark in this industry. One of the very, fr- one of the very first true high flyers in the business. The magnificent Morocco, on the other hand, was the villain that you loved to hate. He was in good shape, but had a bit of a belly, you could say. He carried himself like a slob and enjoyed every minute of it. Morocco would spit, he would scowl, and he would even eat a hot dog on occasion as he was finishing his opponents on Saturday morning wrestling. Unlike Snuka, who was monotone on interviews, Morocco was loud, he was obnoxious and cocky. It was inevitable that these two warriors would collide at some point in the World Wrestling Federation. Morocco was also managed by Snuka's former manager and rival, Captain Lou Albano. It all started when the magnificent Morocco was a guest in Roger's Corner. Former... WWF champion Buddy Rogers was interviewing Morocco and Morocco was going off as always. Off camera Jimmy Snuka was entering the ring for his match. Morocco took this as a sign of disrespect. Morocco began yelling at Snuka. Morocco approached the ring and continued screaming at the Superfly. Snuka smiled and laughed at the Magnificent One. Morocco returned the laughter with a spit. Snuka quickly retaliated with a plancha, which was something never seen in America at that time. 
especially on WWF television. Snooker was now on top of Morocco outside of the ring and going absolutely banana. I'm doing a little Pat Patterson there. He was going nuts. The two brawled on the floor with Snooker ripping Morocco's clothes straight off. The attack was so violent that the WWF put an X on the screen. There was not a fan at home who didn't wish that they could see what was going on behind that X. It made such an impact. It made it more dramatic. It gave it a sense of reality, seriousness, the big X. What was going on past that red X? I wanted to see. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week is the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, Don Morocco. It seems like there's a lot of confusion as far as Don's concerned. It seems that he feels everyone disrespects him. Well, I'd like to find out and just wonder why or what's on his mind. Buddy Rogers, just a few months ago, you said Rocky Johnson was fit to get in the ring. I have proved all over the world that that man can't beat me. I hear this wetback come out here, Tito Santana, never been anywhere, never done anything, and he wants a match with Magnificent Morocco. Everywhere I go, people are yelling beast bump. Bob Backlund gets out here, and they let him exercise for one hour. They don't let me, I can go, I shut up, you ghost. I can, I can, like anything Backlund, I do the step test from the Harvard step test for one hour. Nobody ever mentions anything about that. Nobody ever mentions about all the hours I spend at the gym. How I was the first person ever to reverse the first figure four headlock and the figure four leg. Nobody talks about how great I am the one. You see this right here. I am the one that has brought this title into contention in every continent. In every continent, every continent in the world, I have made this belt to be the most prestigious belt in professional wrestling today. And now, and now you send this, he's got the nerve, he's got the nerve to walk in during my time. When the champion is here, Superfly Stuka, looking at Morocco as Morocco is Morocco is really upset, feeling that this interview was apparently interfered with, and he is putting the bad mouth on Stuka. Look at Stuka just smiling at him. He's not going to lose his cool. Morocco now up on the apron. Continuing. Oh, he spit! Morocco just spit all over Suka. I can't believe it. He, ad- he absolutely just spit right all over. Looks like being cool, but he won't be cool for long. Suka keeping his cool. Oh, look at that! Unbelievable! Suka with Morocco ripping his coat apart. Suka. Look at that! Look at that! 
is bracing him, coming away. They try to keep, they try to keep him, try to keep Cooker. Clark and Morocco in the ring. Morocco just grabbed the microphone. Oh no! Morocco just let Cooker have it. Right in the head with that microphone. Step the microphone off. Cooker. Stuka just going at it like two wild animals. Stuka, hurry away on Morocco. They're trying to restrain Stuka. Stuka, whatever it is Morocco said to him, and it spit on him, I can't believe it. These two want to have that. Stuka, look, he has busted open badly. Stuka, getting in a couple of legs. No one's going to stop Snooker now, I'll tell you, he's ready to go. He's been waiting for this for a long time. Morocco, finally being pulled back to try to bring Morocco back to the dressing room. And Snooker has been battered. But he is up, and he is on his feet. And for Morocco, I'll take, oh, Jimmy is down. But look at him. Why do so many things like this happen to a man, a competitor like Suka? Suka, what Morocco, there's no doubt about it. Jay Strongbow out. Everyone trying to calm this. There's a doctor. He's going to need some help here. But Suka, despite his open wound, Suka very much on his feet, very much alive. They're taking Suka off the far side, trying to keep him away. The battle lines were drawn, and the war was on. Morocco and Snuka. In a moment, our guest, ladies and gentlemen, will be Superfly. Jimmy Snuka, one-on-one with the Cobra Clutch Specialist Sergeant Slaughter. What about it, Jimmy? It just seems like there's Vinny that everybody just wants to cripple me somehow. It just seems like that somebody just want to put me out of professional wrestling. It just seems like that they want to treat me like if I'm some kind of an animal. Seems like they want to take me in the back of some warehouse and try to treat me to teach me some lesson into my mind. Well, Sergeant Slaughter, you might be right in your way, but you got to remember one thing, brother. I am not in your category as far as the army way of thinking and knowledge of your mind. This man has got totally a different knowledge and totally a different thinking according to the way you think. The only thinking that we're going to do, brother, is right inside there. The classic climax of the feud would occur on October 17th, 1983. The site was the most famous professional wrestling arena in the world. I may be biased. Madison Square Garden in New York, New York. The ring would be surrounded by a 15-foot-high steel cage. The steel cages that we kind of see to this day, not the big blue steel cage that the WWF was so known for. The only way to win this match would be to escape over the cage or through the door. Once this match was announced, there was no way any fan thought Magnificent Morocco would escape the cage. This was more fitting for the Superfly rather than the Magnificent one. Madison Square Garden will see the explosion. On a Saturday night, July 30, Mr. Morocco, you will feel the explosion as you clash with Superfly Jimmy Snuka. When you just get a little taste, when it just touches the tip of your tongue, 
when you just reach out, reach out, and you got it by the head. You know then that everything else is behind you. We have, Superfly, you and I have reached the zenith. We are the Big Apple. We are New York. We are Madison Square Garden. As much as the people love you, <laughs> they love to hate me. Because when I'm bad, I'm so good. Cool. I'm glad I said those things. I, I never said nothing. I'm glad. I'm glad you dove over the top rope, tried to drive me through the concrete. Because we just got a little. We just put our foot on it. You're going to have to tear more than clothes. Along with the superfly, Jimmy Snooker, who no doubt is looking forward to the date of Saturday night, July 30th, when you step into the ring in Madison Square Garden to face the magnificent Morocco for the title. That's right, Vinny. We have definitely signed a contract. Myself and my main man, Buddy Rogers. Because of this man, Don Morocco, from Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, Don, here I am, brother, standing. Especially before you people. Now, Don Morocco, what you have did, and what you people have seen, believe me, ladies and gentlemen, you don't know how much it hurts inside here. Don Morocco, you don't know, brother, what you did to this man. You had to go and rip off a microphone, use it to bust my head open. Why, I don't know, brother. That's because that one fat balloon that's right behind your back, that always laughing at me, saying things, and you, Don Morocco, what you said to me, heavy brother come up here and mention about new york you mention about the big apple you mention about the american square garden and you mention we the match was televised on the usa network and in today's climate it would probably have been one of the biggest pay-per-view matches ever the feud built was built so well and it was so effective the atmosphere was so tense that you could cut it with a knife this was arguably the most anticipated match in the World Wrestling Federation since Bruno Sammartino fought Larry Zbysko at Shea Stadium a few years earlier. The end of the match was one of the craziest endings of any match that anyone has ever seen, let alone a cage match. Snuka wound up headbutting Morocco, and the impact of the move caused Morocco to fly backwards through the door of the cage. The winner of the match was... Don Morocco. Unbelievable. Snooker dragged Morocco back into the cage, body slammed him, and climbed up to the top of the cage. Standing at the top, like a god, Snooker put up his hands, signaling the I love you, that trademark I love you sign by the Superfly. Brother, to the fans, he signed up the I love you and jumped about 18 feet in the air, crashing down on an immobile Morocco, who lay bloodied and battered, awaiting the splash. Morocco may have won the battle, but Snuka won the war that very night. Mick Foley made it known that not only this feud, but this match in particular, made him want to become a pro wrestler. 
He wanted to be the superfly on top of the cage. He wanted to feel that electricity in Madison Square Garden. And Foley did feel it. He actually had an opportunity to mirror and mimic this move when he took on Hunter Hearst Helmsley in SummerSlam. It was in the Continental Airlines Arena in New Jersey, not too far away from the Garden. And he was able to relive that moment and add that to his storybook career. But you cannot deny, Snook and Morocco laid the groundwork of how a fundamental feud should be laid out. You had the tension. You had the complete polar opposites between both competitors. You felt the tense atmosphere the day of the match, in the building, and even during the contest. You saw the heel win, surprisingly, but then the babyface makes the comeback and wins the war. Morocco and Snooker, one of the greatest feuds in professional wrestling history. Going to the top turnbuckle for the superfly leap. No, wait. Oh He's climbing to the top of the steel cage. I don't believe it. Superfly perch. That era, as the era ended with Superstar Billy Graham, and the era with Harley Race continued on, the new era of Dusty Rose the American Dream, and the Nature Boy Ric Flair came to pass. When you get Ric Flair riled up, whoo, you better be a hell of a man. Now you made the mistake of trying to insult me, my friend, and Dusty Rhodes, as I've said before, we've only just begun, you understand? Learn to love it, learn to live with it, diamonds are forever, and so is Ric Flair. But Dusty was great to work with in the ring. I mean, when Dusty and I were, whether we were in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, it was sold out. They talking about bunkhouse magic. I'm in my bunkhouse attire. I sleep in it, I eat in it, I go out and get funky in it. Dusty was the epitome of what they wanted a good guy to be, and I was the bad guy. What's causing all this? Ten pounds of gold around one hell of a body, one hell of a man. I'll tell you what's causing it. Guts, fortitude, Dusty Rhodes, something you're very short of. And like I said before, if it be that way, let it be. Nobody interfere. Me and you, the four horsemen, they need to ride on another planet. Because I reserved the stratosphere for me and you. Ladies and gentlemen, our next event of the evening for the World's Heavyweight Championship. The winner takes all. It's the thrill of one more kill. The last one to fall. We'll never sacrifice their will.
for business. Medium a good champion. And he bled and sweat and paid the price. The Nature Boy Ric Flair versus the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. What can you say about these two legends? In the 1980s National Wrestling Alliance, one name was rarely spoken without the other. Their individual love of the business was matched only by their shared desire to put on the best match of the night every time they stepped into the squared circle. They each poured their heart and soul into the feud, and their rivalry was nothing short of legendary. You simply could not think of either man without thinking of his opponent. While being very different in and out of the ring, in many ways Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes were opposite sides of the same coin. Rick was slick, arrogant, cocky, obsessed with being the top worker in the company, and very much addicted to the spotlight. Not only did he want to be the top wrestler in the NWA, but the in- but the top wrestler in the entire world. He flaunted the world championship in the face of every man who challenged him, and carried himself with an unmatched swagger in the ring every time he defended the title. Unmatched, except for Dusty Rhodes. Dusty was slick, arrogant, cocky, obsessed with being the top worker in the company, and very much addicted to the spotlight. Wait, we just said this about the Nature Boy, right? Ric Flair was what Dusty Rhodes could have been, had the dream let his ego get the best of him. Dusty and Rick were so much alike in terms of character that they quite possibly could have switched places at any given time. They were so good at what they did, so convincing in their roles, that while it may have been hard to imagine Dusty in a three-piece custom-made suit wearing the Rolex, there is no question that he had the ability to pull it off. By the same token, Rick has proven that underneath the exterior of the Nature Boy gimmick, that he can be soft-spoken, personable, and, of course, as we know in the latter portion of his career, very emotional. Picturing him wearing the denim jeans and shouting out about living the dream, the American dream, and fighting for the fans, it sounds crazy, right? But if anyone had the ability to sell a gimmick as well as Dusty, it was Ric Flair. Of course, what made the feud work And what made it red hot was the fact that Rick was the nature boy in every possible way. When he bragged about the countless women lined up at his door, he was stating a true fact. Everything Flair flaunted in his promos were true in every sense. Every time he stared into the camera and said that he was the man and the world champion because he was the greatest wrestler in the world, he sounded convinced because he was right. He was the man. Every night, the plumber's son, Dusty Rhodes, cut a heartfelt promo about taking on the world by himself. Fans clung to every word of the dream. Why, you can say, did they cling to the dusty American dream gimmick? 
because he was selling a gimmick that he didn't want, because he was stuck with a tired old routine that just wasn't getting over. No, 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 no. Fans loved Dusty because when they looked at him, they knew that he was everything he said he was. The dream was living the American dream. They were each other's perfect foil. Polar opposites, but so similar. An important byproduct of a successful feud, you could say, are the storylines that grow from it, like we discussed earlier. This has never been more true than in the case of Flair versus Rhodes. Magnum TA, who may never have achieved a tenth of what he did and the potential that it could have been, had it not been for his association with Dusty, he had a vicious feud with Rick's fellow horseman, Tully Blanchard. Their I Quit match is still recognized as being one of the most intense, bloodiest matches in pro wrestling history. Barry Windham, the second generation star who was on the rise in Jim Crockett Promotions, gave the champ all he could handle and more. Who was Barry's on-air mentor? Dusty Rhodes. This storyline deepened later on when Barry turned his back on the dream and became the fourth horseman. Wait till the horseman follows for that one, fans. It's a good story. At that point, was alongside Dusty's most hated opponent. He was now a horseman. The epic War Games match may have never seen the light of day had it not been for Dusty and Rick's feud. You can honestly say that. We'll go into more detail when we look back at the history of the War Games. The match drew in all four of the horsemen with their manager, J.J. Dillon against Dusty and four others who either had heat with Flair or were in programs with Flair's cohorts and fellow horsemen. Another reason why Rick versus Dusty is one of the greatest feuds of all time is because not only did it make for exciting dramatic television, but it also made a ton of money. Tony Blanchard and Iron Anderson. And look at us all that we can look. You know, David Crockett, you statement a while ago that the greatest wrestling attraction in the world was going to be here tonight, Dusty Rhodes, right out there in the middle of that ring. Well, you know how stupid that sounds. You're looking at the world television champion, the national heavyweight champion, the world champion, and the legendary James J. Dillon, and everybody in the building wants to know what's causing all this. And I'll tell you what it is. What's causing this is ability, wrestling ability. You're looking at the greatest wrestlers alive today. Three. Oh. What do we got here, huh? Don't. Let me tell you something, stud hoss. You out here shooting your mouth off day in and day out about what you can do. The greatest sports attraction in the world today is going to wrestle on this TV tonight. If you got anything in that gut of yours besides butterflies, you'll go back, put on your tights, put on your coat, put on your robe, and face me tonight right in that ring right there. Oh, and by the way, Tully, baby doll told me... Daddy. 
You know, you know, David Crockett, it costs a lot of money to put one of us on television. So Dusty Rhodes, you just keep on dreaming. I guess now being in the business, I look at things a little bit differently. Now being on the independent scene, you could look at it from the financial perspective. You know, and at the risk of sounding like a superficial fan, if a promoter is not in the business to draw a crowd and make money, then he or she is wasting their time, or you're a mark for the industry. Jim Crockett struck gold with Dusty and Rick, and he sure did capitalize on it. He sold out arenas in every town the NWA ran. They reaped the benefits from this bitter, intense rivalry. What better contrast could we ask for? Flair, decked out in dazzling robes, entering to the sounds of Wagner, whining and dining, dancing and romancing. He was a polished professional wrestler, as polished as any wrestler could be, and Dusty, the son of a plumber, the American dream, with his big belly welly fighting for the average Joe for every average show out there in the audience. When the two titans clashed, a whole lot of blood ended up being spilled. It all started with Flair winning the NWA title from Rhodes in 1981. Rhodes got himself suspended and came back under a hood known as the Midnight Rider. He won back the championship. The two would go at each other for the next seven years. Seven years of feud. Now you're lucky to get it for seven weeks. A seven-month-long feud. Now, typically, yeah, a seven-week feud is commonplace if you're lucky. Seven months these two battled. The two will go at each other for the next seven years. Seven years, fans. You're lucky now if a feud lasts seven weeks, let alone seven months let alone seven years. We saw Flair steal Dusty's valet, the luscious baby doll, and in one of the most memorable assaults, we saw Flair steal Dusty's valet, the luscious baby doll, and in one of the most memorable assaults in wrestling history, breaking Dusty's arm in the parking lot outside of an NWA show in 1986, the horseman took out the American Dream. Space Mountain and the American Dream, a true clash of the champions. What Piper and Hogan were to the WWF, Flair and Rhodes were to the NWA. The major difference is that Flair and Rhodes delivered in the ring in ways that Hogan and Piper never could. The common man versus the rich man was the order of the day, and no one played their parts better than Flair and Rhodes. Their years-long rivalry always seemed to keep Flair on top, but this only made Rhodes' chase all the more compelling. Night after night, the two rivals would wrestle to hour-long draws that were instant classics. This is what they mean by styling and profiling the world champion... Nature Boy Ric Flair. Magnum the Beefcake of Town. Let's hear it for a man the public loves to hate. Now let's put the camera on this one time. 
This is what being whoo, the world champion, being one of the four horsemen, is all about. It's called styling whoo, and profile. And in the words of the infamous Arlen Anderson, what's really causing all this, I'm going to tell you. Big bucks. Big time money. And you know how you get to make all the money? You got to be in the main line of the greatest sport in the world. Now let's do what Dusty Rhodes did. Step over here, Tony Schiavone. Come on over here. You see, Dusty Rhodes takes it upon himself to walk into the middle of the ring and tell the whole world he's standing on both his legs, the great American hero that he is. Well, let me tell you how it is, Big Dust. We all got a lot of respect for what you are in this sport. You're one of the main liners, one of the big daddies. But you see, Big Dust, there are times when you confuse yourself and put yourself in the same category as the former, and when you jump specifically on Tony Blanchard, you're jumping on me, and you're jumping on Luger, and you're jumping on I, and you're jumping on JJ. So you see what happens, Big Dust? If you're outnumbered, your troops aren't deep enough to handle it. And this time, my friend, you have ridden that lightning bolt probably. And I'm being very serious. To the end of your wrestling career. Because as you saw, we can be real bad and real nasty. And the more things heat up, the closer you come to having it all in. Now, Magnum PA, let me explain something to you, Magnum. You walk out here, the great champion that you are. We all know what kind of man you are. Nobody could have come back from where you've been, buddy. We love you for it. But my friend, if you get in my way, what? You're going to get one of those. If you get Luger's way, you get one of those. And if you get Blanchard's way, I expect to see him put that slingshot suplex on you, buddy. Bad arm or not, the name of this game is competition. It's blood, it's guts, it's glory, and it's ours. And Nikita, Nikita Kola, for you to walk out here and hire and dare Lex Luger to bring it to you tells me that your few years in this great sport, nothing has sunk in. Luger is going to be the U.S. champion when he wants to be. Right now, I put my arm around him. I say, Lex, tease Nikita a little bit. Make him sweat. Make him think what it will be like to walk around without that belt. Make him think what it will be like to look Dusty Rhodes in the eye and have that funny feeling in his stomach and say, Dust, I let you down. Luger beat me. Where do I go now? That's what's called being a champion, buddy. You don't bring it on, you go get it. And I'll guarantee you, Nikita, Luger's going to have the U.S. championship. The four horsemen are going to put Dusty Rhodes out of this sport. And Ric Flair is going to take precious 
And Jimmy Garvin, I don't care what you've telling yourself, what you've got yourself thinking you are, I'm going to take that bodacious blonde with the biggest tatas in the world and make her mine. You know why? You want to know why? Because I'm the world champion. I'm the best there is, and I can back up every word I say, and I do it day in and day out. That's what makes me the cream of the crop. I style, I profile, I can do the new. I can do whatever I have to do to be the man day in woo, and day out. The world champion, Ric Flair. Custom made, 1100 bucks. Buy yourself one, kid. We'll be right back. Night after night, the two rivals would wrestle to hour-long draws that were instant classics, and they were punctuated with some of the best promos the industry has ever seen. Most importantly, this rivalry defined the NWA from 1985 to 1987, and with the Four Horsemen never far behind, there was never a shortage of intrigue and creative offshoots between the two. Ever hear the saying, so simple it's brilliant? That's the case with this feud. Often, the most simple stories are the best ones. This is Wrestling 101, folks. Ric Flair was the nature boy. He rode in jets and limos. He had suites that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. He had the Rolex watches. He had beautiful women. He had it all, and the fans hated him for it. Maybe they were jealous, or maybe they just didn't like Flair's cocky attitude. But everyone wanted to see him put in his place. Who better to do that than Dusty Rhodes? Rhodes was the common man. He drove his pickup truck. He wore jeans and cowboy boots. He had a big gut. He was the opposite of Ric Flair. 99% of wrestling fans could relate more with Dusty than with Flair. A win for Rhodes over Flair was symbolic for a win for all the common men in the world. This was a natural rivalry between two of the biggest names in the business. They had some memorable matches, including main eventing two consecutive Starcade events to cap off this feud. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes will each be remembered for everything they accomplished in the business, for their promos, their in-ring careers, and their feud with one another. They are forever linked, and despite what feud has come after or will come tomorrow, Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair is on a level all of its own. Two Hall of Famers produced a legendary and Hall of Fame Feud. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It's time to thank the sponsors of Beyond the Bell. They help bring this pro wrestling nostalgia podcast to you each and every week. Barbershop Window, the place that makes wrestling t-shirts cool again to wear. They release brand new shirts each and every week. Follow them on Twitter at bshopwindow and go to barbershopwindow.com now to make your wrestling wardrobe cool again. The SNS Radio Network, your home for pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, and video gaming. Get all the latest news 
and listen to innovative audio released daily. The network is anchored by the two flagship shows, Wrestling News Live and Sunday Night Showdown. So go to SNSRadioNetwork.com now. If you're not listening, you're not trying. RingAnnouncing.com, the home of the future of ring announcing, Sean Beckerman. You can watch the latest videos and demo reels of Sean Beckerman on the independent wrestling scene. Go to ringannouncing.com and follow the future of ring announcing. Combat Zone Wrestling on DVD. Catch the ultra-violent wrestling promotion on TV or on your computer. You can purchase all CZW ultra-violent events on DVD and stream them live straight on your desktop computer at czwrestling.com. Get ready to get ultra-violent with CZW. The National Wrestling Alliance. Tried, tested, honored, and revered. These three initials have represented wrestling since 1948. The NWA has been the breeding ground for the greatest stars in wrestling. You can catch the NWA nationwide through multiple affiliates from coast to coast. The National Wrestling Alliance. Go to nwawrestling.org preserving tradition and blazing new paths. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor for Beyond the Bell, send all requests to btbwrestling at gmail.com. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution now. It's go time. WrestleMania season, and it's WrestleMania time here at Beyond the Bell. Last year, the entire month of March was filled with WrestleMania-themed content. This year will be no different. Throughout the month of March, leading into the biggest event of the year for sports entertainment, we will be releasing tons of WrestleMania-themed content. Get ready for Volume 2 of the stories behind WrestleMania. Split into three parts where we look back at the previous 28 WrestleManias and the stories behind each and every spectacular event. Get ready to go back in time and learn about the untold stories behind the granddaddy of them all. We will celebrate the 2013 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Look back at the careers of each inductee and how they made their mark in the world of professional wrestling. And then leading up to the biggest event of the year, you can listen to Beyond the Bell Extra Editions as I will be on site at WrestleMania 29. You will hear audio from myself on site at the location MetLife Stadium from the 2013 Hall of Fame in Madison Square Garden and at WWE Access at the IZOD Center, formerly the Meadowlands Arena. All three locations will be there live, on site, and we will give you a first-hand look, or should I say listen, to the sights and sounds of WrestleMania weekend. All this and more during WrestleMania season at Beyond the Bell, starting this March. Get ready, because it's WrestleMania! Old school fans, Famous Feuds is back! As we look back at the greatest feuds and the most infamous rivalries in professional wrestling history. And that closes the book on another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast known as Beyond the Bell. 
connect socially to Beyond the Bell on our Facebook fan page. Follow me on Twitter at Sean Beckerman. Watch and listen to retro wrestling clips and ring announcing footage of me on the independent circuit on YouTube under the username Ring Announcing. Have all the latest episodes of Beyond the Bell automatically downloaded on your smartphone via iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Referee, get ready, let's go for the three count and wrap it up and go home with some old school music. We're talking Dusty Rhodes, so let's wrap it up with the American Dream. For Dusty Rhodes, his theme in the World Wrestling Federation. I love this one. Hit the cowbell. Sean Beckerman signing off. I'll see you next week as we rewind and relive all things nostalgia and retro in wrestling. In the meantime, fans, I'll see you at the matches. Give me some more cowbell. Amen.